You're listening to an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown Show. <laughs> good morning. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show. Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Benny, can we just have a dance break? I dance wish, break. but we've got a we've got a show to do. Maybe afterwards. How's that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I I firm believer in you got to do it. Oh yeah, anyway. there's plenty of time. Twenty four usable hours every day, right? 24 usable hours for dancing. It could work. (laughs) Anyway, how are you doing, Betty? How's life? I'm good. We're uh, cleaning up after the earlier kind of windstorm of the week, and we might possibly see 70 today in the Seattle (gasps) area. Breaking it out, I know. I thought it was an April Fool's joke at first, but it's not. I guess It's going to be a warm one, so break out the shorts. Yeah, break out the shorts, those pasty white legs. Get them out there. All right, let's start. yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I don't want to do it yet. That's too early, too early for me to do it. I don't want to do it yet. Okay. I'll bring my guests on in a moment, but one of my guests has like a Hawaiian background. I yeah. know. And, and by the way, aloha to my amazing daughter, Jenny Brown. Yay. Woohoo! The best trombone player in the world living on the big island. So You're anyway, just a little I, biased. Just a little biased. You know, just, <laughs> I don't know, you know. How could you not? I know. I love that girl. Anyway. What happened? (laughs) Right. Anyway, uh, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27 years. And we are still growing strong over there, offering all kinds of things from Reiki to uh, behavior modification, hypnotherapy. And of course, I'm a channeler. So you can, uh, I do spiritual counseling and you can check all that out at schedule.reikioasis.com or reikioasis.com. I do have a Reiki masterclass coming up on Saturday, which is the day after tomorrow. So for all of you wonderful people who have gone through Reiki 1 and 2, this is Reiki 3. And you have to have done the first two sessions in order to be in the Reiki masterclass. And we have such a good time. If you're interested in it, you can send me an email, ReikiOasis at gmail.com. And then every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is Sunday Meditation with Loretta. And it's just a way for you to take a, a, a little bit of time out of your busy life and check in, tune in. If you cannot be there at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, sign up and I'll send you a recording of the meditation. And you can listen to it anytime you want. A lot of people say they use it to go to sleep. That's okay. <laughs> Apparently, I have that voice, right? <laughs> Soothing. Take a deep breath. In a moment, you'll be more relaxed than you've ever been. Exactly. You know? There we go. Only not right now, right? Because <laughs> everyone's getting their coffee. Everyone's getting set because we're going to have a great show for you uh, talking about therapeutic touch. And I'll bring in my beautiful guests in just a minute. So quick check-in with the astrological weather forecast. How how you doing? How you doing emotionally? Just wanna just wanna check in. How are your relationships? Just checking in. Just how's your finances? Don't answer. Don't answer. There's so much energy in the sky right now. I see Benny looking at me. Because <laughs> I have answers to most of those questions right now, and I don't want to like you know. I know everyone's thinking the same, so you know. Anyway, yeah, I mentioned last week that the energy of April has a certain amount of friction to it and friction that might polish us like a stone, helping to remove once and for all those rough edges 
you've been carrying around forever, but that doesn't always feel good, right? You know, it's like a little bit of sandpaper. Sometimes it's our attitude toward it, right? You know, if we can just realize this is, this is going in the right direction. Yeah. So the Mars-Saturn conjunction on April 4th, it wants us to take a radical responsibility for ourselves. And ultimately, this is what we want. And these energies are pushing us towards it. But like I said, uh, nobody wants to be an adult every day. No one wants to be a Buddha all the time. Well, we do, but we, but we don't because we're in human bodies, right? You know, that's, that's kind of how that works. On April 12th, which I think is Tuesday, we have a massive, massive astrological uh, weather. We have Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces. It's the biggest cosmic event of this entire year. And as mentioned before, this is a multi-layered energy that hasn't happened for 166 years. Jupiter, Neptune, Pisces. Just letting it sink in. It's filled with spiritual awakening, creative inspirations, and the ability to change the way we perceive reality, allowing us to shift to higher levels of awareness and consciousness. We are in an evolution of consciousness on this planet. And if you're listening to the show, you are part of it. So Jupiter and Neptune, um, how, how do I say this? Neptune is the ruler of Pisces. Pisces is about water. It's about deep emotions. And if you think of Neptune, the god of the sea with his trident, right? When he's in Pisces, he's at home. Whoa. So you would think, okay, that's a great thing. When he's at home, there's powerful influences. And then Jupiter sometimes is called the new ruler of uh, Pisces. And so you've got the, the royal family is at home. And so they're going to get some things done is really what's going on. Water, Pisces rules water, is also symbolic of emotions. So you might be more emotional. There might be a lot of crying, a lot of triggering of tears. And I look at that as alchemical, you know, just you know, let it come out, you know, do some really loving, self-nurturing things, you know, and um, we'll get through it. We'll get to the other side. And then next Thursday, a week from today, April 14th, which happens to be my birthday, just letting you know, I'll be 29 again. The sun conjuncts Eris. <laughs> Thanks, very Betty. subtle, very subtle, by the way. <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> we'll put it in there. I just, just put a pause button there. <laughs> right. right. Anyway, the sun, anyway, April 14th, the sun conjuncts Eris, the dwarf planet known as the goddess of discord and strife. Oh, no, that's not me. And remember what I said about being polished? If things are irritating you or you feel annoyed with life, try to work with this energy. Stay grounded and realize you don't have to stay in what is uncomfortable or unhealthy. You don't have to stay there and you don't have to stay in the mindset of it. Work to create harmonious energy in your life by being present and staying in alignment or doing lots of self-care to include body and energy work. Woohoo! Yeah, that's my segue. Anyway, so I hope that you all stay nice and happy out there. Remember that laughter is one of the best things you can do. And you can always hum, sing and move around that it really does help, right? Uh, next Saturday, April 16th, we have a full moon in Libra, and it can stir up tensions. And I'm mentioning it now because these things, 
astrological weather is not a light switch on the wall. We're building towards something and the rest of April is going to be building energy toward the uh, eclipse season, which begins April 30th. And there are, there's just a lot of changes. I look at it as a good time on our planet because we are becoming more sensitive. Our intuitive abilities are growing uh, straight across the board for everybody. And we really do need each other right now. It's time to come together and be done, you know, Stop fighting on the playground. Stop poking people in the eye, right? Let's try to do it differently. Today, coming into that, I have three very gifted, amazing, wonderful, beautiful women, woohoo, who are going to share with you their knowledge and experience with Therapeutic Touch and its global reach. Therapeutic Touch, also known as TT, has its origins in the nursing world and as a nursing intervention and is considered an extension of professional skills. TT was founded by Dora Kuntz and Dolores D. Krieger as a contemporary interpretation of several ancient healing practices and is a holistic evidence-based practice that incorporates intentional and compassionate use of universal energy to promote balance and well-being. And my guest today, Peggy Frank, who received an international TT award for her work in Africa. Courtney Anderson, a retired RN who teaches TT, leads practice groups, is a grandma, aha. Uh -huh. And Sue Conlon, who became one of the first non-nurse board members of the TT organization. She's the operations manager and the author of workbooks for TT curriculum and also teaches and practices TT, therapeutic touch. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. So I would love to know a little bit more, maybe hear from all of you. Um, how did you get into TT? How did you get into TT? What brought you each in? And how has it changed your life? Oh, those are big questions. I know. <laughs> um, since I'm a retired nurse, I'll, I'll start because it was the most... Uh, and I'll stop, for just, I'll stop you for just a minute, Cordy, for the listeners, uh, just when you guys talk, just tell them who you are. Like, hi, I'm Cordy. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, this is Cordy Anderson, and I am a retired nurse now of 50 years. Um, I started Therapeutic Touch when I became a home health and hospice nurse. And in working with the dying, I was really lucky in having a teacher who had been working with dying people. She had learned therapeutic touch in the early 80s. And she said, this is something that really makes a difference. And so in 1984, I found a class right in Eugene, Oregon. And um, I never looked back. I took that class and within a couple of weeks was working you know, in the home with people and that were either dying or had some other problem, you know, stroke or diabetes or whatever. And the thing that was beautiful is that in the five to 10 minutes at the end of my visit, I could offer therapeutic touch and people would either relax, fall asleep, feel better. Um, I think that, you know, no matter how many people I have helped with therapeutic touch, the person who has been helped the most is me. Because every single time I do it, I get to that centered 
grounded place and connect with source energy. So it makes a huge difference in my life. Um, some of us say that we live therapeutic touch by, by that constant practice of it. We um, gain the insight and the awareness <coughs> of the connection that we have. And so it, it really makes a difference in how we see the world and how we see each other. So I, I came in as a nurse and it's, it's been wonderful from, from um, you know, helping my patients and then also helping the staff that I work with. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Who, who, who wants to go next? Sue, you go next. Okay. I'm Sue Conlon and I'm from upstate New York. So I'm far away from you and I've already had several cups of coffee because it's 11 a.m. for me. Um, I came to Therapeutic Touch in a very different way than most people. I, my background is I'm a CPA and a business manager, um, and so that was very left brain. But at the same time, I was always interested in things that were helpful to Western allopathic medicine because I'm terrible taking pills. I take an aspirin and I black out. I take Tylenol and I go to sleep. So finding alternative things were good for me, but I didn't fall, find therapeutic touch through my health. I actually found therapeutic touch through my studies in mediumship. So I was going to a school in Albany, New York that, that had a fantastic reputation for training mediums. Um, and I am of the sincere conviction that anybody can be a medium, can connect with spirit, and anybody can learn to do therapeutic touch. So I was introduced to therapeutic touch through my studies of mediumship and eventually moved into teaching a course in therapeutic touch without really knowing what I was doing through that school. Eventually I found my way to Pumpkin Hollow Farm in upstate New York, which is where therapeutic touch was born. And my first teacher said to me, I don't know what to do with you, you're not a nurse. So. There were a number of years of struggling and I just kept taking the court, the same courses over and over again because I knew this was what I had to be doing. Um, finally broke through by meeting Dee Krieger. She accepted me into a teacher's intensive. Uh, I have no idea why she decided it was okay at that point, but she did. Um, and ever since then, it has been my life way and my life. Um, I professionally left managing businesses and found a job with hospice. Um, bit of a change in income level, but also a yeah. bit of a change yeah. in job satisfaction. Uh, loved, I was the volunteer coordinator and trained many people in therapeutic touch, both volunteers and family who were able to help their dying friend and loved one make their transition. So ever since 1998, I've been teaching therapeutic touch I've been practicing since 1990 and it is who I am I am a grandmother and a great-grandmother but therapeutic touch infuses every part of my life beautiful oh and that. by the way my shirt says shift happens yes <laughs> I'm waiting for Tuesday I'll have to wear it again then absolutely yeah <laughs> shift happens yeah happens yeah we're in the middle of it that's great yeah Peggy. I guess I came in what I used to call the back door, but it really isn't a back door. 
Um, I was very, very ill in the 90s. And um, a friend who was treating me, uh, she was a homeopathic practitioner on the island that I lived on, which is similar to the San Juan Islands, the Gulf Islands in Canada. She said, you, you have to go and get some therapeutic touch on Orcas Island where it's taught every year because there's nothing that, that you can do. And there really was nothing. I had AIDS in the 80s when it was really not a treatable illness. And so I went to Orcas and I had Dora as my practitioner working on me every day for five days. And I remember shifting as, um, as the shirt says, and I remember Dora looking at me at the end of five days and she treated me every day for five days. She looked at me and said, who are you? And she just obviously was looking at my energy. She wasn't looking at the person that physically presented in front of her. She was seeing my energy and it had changed enough that she didn't recognize me, which is pretty amazing. But the thing that really drew me into therapeutic touch happened in 97. Um, I started going to, to uh, see Dora and Dee in 94, 93. I'm not exactly sure. I was very, very ill at the time. And in 97, my partner died suddenly at work. And I had a scheduled session to go to Orcas for therapeutic touch. And I couldn't think of anything else to do. I was just in a fog. And... Uh, went to Orcas and Dora worked on me again. And I was amazed at how grief can shift with energy. And so she was able to move the energy and talk about what grief is and what dying is. And all of a sudden I got a whole new understanding of what was going on. And I, I said, I have to learn this. And because I was infected in Africa, I wanted to take it back to Africa. So that's how the circle continued to me learning to teach and getting back to Africa, teaching in Africa and having one especially gifted student in Rwanda. And I just want us to pause for a second because today is the first day of the commemoration of the genocide in Rwanda 28 years ago. Yeah, let's just pause for a moment. Yeah, and it Absolutely. was just yeah. such a gift to have something to offer. So that was, for me, it was wonderful to be able to say there is something that we can do for each other. And it is a community thing. And it's something that we never do ourselves. It really is connecting with the higher power of the person that we're working with. Yes. And so we would find the higher power in each of these genocide survivors. And that's what we would work with. And I've been working really closely with one woman, and I just got a text from her and at the time of the genocide she had she was a widow um her husband was killed in the genocide she had four kids and eventually adopted a fifth her sister's daughter when her sister died and uh, raised those kids and now 28 years later she has a finished home that she didn't have when she started she's got all of her kids have finished university um it's just an amazing story and she is also a grandmother I'm not because of the <laughs> age I was told not to have children. And so that affected my life in a huge way. But I am a grandmother for Africa. We have a Stephen Lewis Foundation Grandmothers for Africa. And I cycle my touche off to try and raise money for African grandmothers. So that um, connects me again. But it's a therapeutic touch where I really feel there's this huge community. And there's three of us talking to you today. But you know what? There's a whole lot of other people who know as much therapeutic touch as we do and know a lot more about um, how 
there's a multitude of ways to get into therapeutic touch. And it does completely change your life to a point where you try very hard to live in the peace and harmony that is created around that, the healing moments of therapeutic touch. Yeah. Uh, I love hearing from all of you. Um, you know, the, for me, you know, I don't practice therapeutic touch. You know, I, I do Reiki. We're not in, uh, what I love about us all being here is that, um, and one of the reasons I wanted all of you on the show, there is so much we can do for the world. And when we talk about our connection, our, the energy that's available to us, our consciousness, uh, because so many people do feel helpless right now. And I'm always telling people, you can, you can do something. You can light a candle. You can send a prayer and an intention. If you know a healing modality, you can do that healing modality. And, it, and it's effective. It actually is real. And, um, you know, uh, you guys in, in the introduction, you know, that you sent me, you know, that this is evidence-based, Right. So there is scientific backup for all of this. So for the listeners, um, I just want I just want everyone to know you are not helpless, right? And there are terrible things that have happened on the planet and they are happening now. And some of them are personal. And actually, I think they're all personal, to tell you the truth. Like when it happens to someone over there, it happens to someone here, right? Um, yeah, so thank you so much for all of that. I, I love it. I can also hear and feel your heartfelt uh, sincerity and dedication to what you're doing, your love of it, right? Yeah. Loretta, we also offer a weekly meditation um, on, on Zoom for global healing. So we, we actually do it at noon, whatever time zone you're in every day. Uh, we do each do it our, on our own. It was, uh, we do a meditation that was written originally by Dora Coons. So, and it's very simple, um, but very, very profound at the same time. So on Fridays, we meet on Zoom at noon Eastern. So if anybody's interested, they can write to Therapeutic Touch International and I'll send them a link to that. And uh, if they write, they send through an email. What is that email? It's TTIA at therapeutictouch.org. Okay, yeah. Want to make sure people have that. Great, okay. Wonderful. Um, so what, how would each of you define therapeutic touch? Well, I would say it's a healing interaction between two people where one person has the intention to help or to heal. And the way we do it is, is by the centering process that brings us to the present moment, grounds us into the earth, and connects us to source energy. So it is very simple. And as you mentioned before, it is evidence-based. Um, Dr. Dolores Krieger, being a nursing professor, she was really emphatic about it being something that um, had substance. And Dora, even though she could see the energy, she was committed to the scientific process. So it's, it's really been supported. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's for me. That's, that's how I describe it. I think I would describe it pretty similarly. I just think it's the moment that we are able to connect with our higher self 
that begins the therapeutic touch treatment. And it's really stepping aside from our ego, from our personality, and really allowing ourselves to know that we can be an instrument of healing if we connect to that place of, of understanding. And then with that, we gently move forward towards our healing partner and connect with them and their higher their higher selves and check in with usually our hand chakras are what we use check in to see what we can sense uh going on for them and it, it it's more than hand chakras um actually a lot of a lot of our information comes in forms that we don't have really good words to describe so we gather the information and figure out what to do with it and and work with that person for as long as we realize we have to and it's Every journey is a separate journey. There's no formula. So when we're done, we're done. And then an amazing thing happens. Sometimes we'll dream or we'll have some reflections later that tell us a little bit more information about what's going on. Yeah. For me, the definition of therapeutic touch is actually our official definition because every one of those words really shows what therapeutic touch is. It's holistic, which means we look at the whole person, mind, body, spirit, not just this physical being and, and what they might have as aches and pains. It's evidence-based, which for me was what really drew me in. Um, I may be a trained psychic, but I'm also a trained skeptical psychic. So having the evidence was critical for me to actually understand that this was, was really happening. Um, it incorporates intention and compassion. And without those two things, therapeutic touch doesn't exist. Compassion is the engine that drives the, the whole process. Um, and we use universal energy to promote balance and well-being. So that's what it's all about. It's that universal connection. We are all part of this one universal consciousness, even though each of us is a unique being. So each healing partner that we work with is this whole entity who is also connected to me and to each of you. So therapeutic touch is basically exactly what the definition says. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I think this is a good time for us to take a station break. I am really enjoying this interview. This is Lavita Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis. I have three wonderful women on the show talking about therapeutic touch, Cordy Anderson, Sue uh, uh, Conlon and uh, Peggy Frank and we'll take a station break we'll be right back we'll talk more about it energy is powerful it's all around us mysterious full of potential directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress sadness anger and even helped clients lose weight stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Hi. 
I'm Dr. Michael Norm with your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. While coronavirus infections could go down over the next few months, we're still headed into flu season. Millions of Americans will be affected by the flu. But the good news is that we do have a safe and effective vaccine. But sadly, too many people go unvaccinated, especially African Americans. For more about flu vaccine, talk to your doctor or visit aawellnessproject.org. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. You're listening to an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown Show. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my three wonderful guests talking about therapeutic touch today. And you can find out more about me, Loretta Brown, at ReikiOasis.com. And you can also find these shows archived at the 1150 KKNW archives for the original Loretta Brown Show. We're also on Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and all kinds of other platforms out there. And um, all the shows are there, hundreds of shows for years and years. You can just listen to um, some of the best amazing people on the planet who are here to lift us up, bless us, and help give us a direction. So uh, before the uh, break, uh, my, my guests today are Peggy Frank, Courtney Anderson, and Sue Conlon from Therapeutic Touch. And I'm wondering if you could please share with the listening audience a little bit of history of TT how it came about yeah and a little bit more about the organization part of it right like how did you go from nursing to anybody can do it that's a lot well um our two founders dora kuntz and dr dolores krieger they were the two women 50 years ago that developed this modality dora kuntz was a clairvoyant and Dr. Dolores Krieger, a nursing professor. But they knew each other very early in life. When Dee was 17, Dora actually encouraged her to go into nursing school. So they knew each other for a very long time. Uh, Dora, Dora was in her 70s and Dee was in her 50s when Therapeutic Touch was developed. And um, Dee had been following Dora in her healing circles. Now, Dora was a clairvoyant. And... She was, I think, the fourth or fifth in her family, generation-wise, women that were clairvoyant. Um, she said her parents never cared if she really ate her vegetables, but they always made <laughs> sure she meditated. And she meditated from the age of five. Now, I can't imagine how my life would have been different had I started meditating that early. But at any rate, at the age of 12, she was asked to um, join another uh, theosophical clairvoyant in Australia. And um, she said, what should I do? And her parents said, go into a room and meditate and tell us what the answer is. So, so this was her journey. She worked with physicians and, and others to really hone her skill. As a clairvoyant, she sat in the waiting room of, of a psychiatrist's office, and then they would compare notes at the end of the day. She really honed that skill and developed um, a theory about healing. And then at some point in time, she and Dee talked about it and they said, I think this is something that's teachable. So Dee had done some uh, research with hemoglobin. Um, they did, uh, they tested people, their hemoglobin level, then they did therapeutic touch and the hemoglobin levels rose. And so they brought this, they developed this, and then they taught a bunch of nurses. And the reason they used nurses was they assumed that nurses have 
an innate compassion. Not all nurses do, but most of us do. <laughs> and, and, and so they, they had this natural compassion, but they were also, um, like Seuss mentioned, a little bit skeptical and scientific. They weren't just going to swallow something because somebody said it. So in upstate New York at Pumpkin Hollow, they worked this out. They did this. And in the 70s, you know, we called it woo-woo because people weren't doing much of anything like this with their hands without touching anybody. And, and so this, this started. And, and the therapeutic touch camps that happened at Pumpkin Hollow and at Indralaya up on Orcas Island, those camps were from the early 70s. Um, I think the last time Dee was at a camp was 2009. So, you know, every year they did this. And those of us, you know, we've, we've told our stories. We started going to camp. I started in 94 and I never stopped, except for the one year my grandson was born. And then <laughs> lo and behold, COVID came and we had to figure out how to do it different. And now we're doing it on Zoom. And so if you want something that, absolutely validates how connected we are here we are doing energy work connected with somebody in the present moment and doing therapeutic touch at a distance and people not only are the practitioners experiencing cues what we feel the information we get but the recipients are are feeling the session so it's it's quite amazing how this how this has happened over 50 years. So I'll I talk a little bit about the organization. Um, the, the Dora and Dee both said in all of their original early books that healing is a natural human potential, that anybody can do it, and yet they restricted it to nurses. So that was a, a contradiction for me that I never could understand. <laughs> and it, it did take a while. Um, and I don't know, I really don't know what the barrier was that finally came down. It seemed to be particularly stronger on the East Coast than it was on the West Coast. Um, I was rejected and over and over and over again for advanced courses at Pumpkin Hollow with a letter that said, you are not a nurse. Um, I have no idea why Dee suddenly decided to accept me, but I am so grateful that she did um, because our organization, when I joined, it was probably 90% nurses, and the other 10% was physical therapists, occupational therapists, and a couple of massage therapists. And now we are 60% nurses and 40% everybody else who knows they can do this, no matter what they do for a living. Right. They want to help people. And that's what the organization is about. The organization was incorporated in 79. TT started in 72. Um, and it started as Nurse Healers Professional Associates. It eventually, some of the other people from other countries other than the U.S. asked us to add the word international, so we did. And then in 2008, we realized that nobody knows that what we're doing is therapeutic touch. So we became, we created a DBA, a Doing Business As Therapeutic Touch International Association. So that is the name that the organization is known by now. We are the membership arm, and then Nurse Healers' credentials are practitioners and our teachers. In Canada, it was a little different. So we had the, the local groups. In the city where I live, it's a pretty small city, Victoria, but there was a group of people that would teach and would, really, they would let anyone into the class. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it was okay not to be a nurse. They were nurses, but they would let anyone um, with compassion come into the class. And uh, 
then um, other other areas in this, like Vancouver would have their own uh, therapeutic touch organization. And then gradually there got to be provincial organizations and a national umbrella organization. And we see that in other countries as well. And then sometimes we just have a lone ranger. And I think we have Panina in Rwanda, who's kind of a lone ranger. And she comes to whatever international events we can get her to. Um, but it's just... Uh, the idea of trying to support everyone in the community wherever they are. And it's been fantastic with Zoom. There have uh, been a lot of opportunities to bring people in from all over. There's been a lot more diversity in our group, which is one thing that we cherish. A lot of the teachers and uh, key board members and stuff like that are older women. And we really would like more men in the organization. We would like more people from different ethnic backgrounds. We just had a wonderful webinar on the importance of understanding culture when doing therapeutic touch. And um, we just would like more younger people to become involved. So we're, we're working now to try and um, develop a way of recognizing shorter courses in therapeutic touch. We have a credentialing arm, which is really strong and really important, but we also have uh, an ability to teach in two or three hours something that would help people to help other people. And we're, we have one woman who's working with environmentalists to try and help them overcome some of the severe stress that they're undergoing right now. Um, the climate situation isn't good and uh, they, they're taking it in the heart. And so trying to connect with their hearts and, and helping them to get to a point of calm. So it keeps on expanding and threading out, which I think is really important for any organization. And we're having a birthday party. Can we lighten up and talk about our birthday party? Yes, yeah. please do. Okay, we have um, 50 years that Therapeutic Touch has been around and it's really fun to celebrate things and really important, I think, as individuals to not only be compassionate and try and help and heal, but also to celebrate successes. And so we have this 50th birthday party in New York because we wanted to go back to New York where Therapeutic Touch originated to go back there and, and also online. So it's going to be a, a virtual and a on the ground uh, session. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a little tune I want to play if I could. Yeah. And it's for you too, Loretta, but a, a few weeks early. <laughs> there you go. Happy birthday. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, when, when, it, when is your uh, birthday party? What, when Our is birthday party is May 5th through May 7th. Uh, it's at Terrytown House Estate in Terrytown, New York, which is a 35 to 40 minute train ride north of New York City. Um, but it's also hybrid. And we when we arranged this, I don't think we had the expectation that the number of people attending hybrid would be as high as it is. I, I think we thought 75% would be in person because we thought COVID would be pretty much over. And then there'd be 25% attending virtually, which is a wonderful opportunity because people really don't want to travel anyway. It's too expensive and et cetera, et cetera. But the registrations are running 50-50. So I, I spent an hour with uh, the gentleman who's doing our 
hybrid piece for us. He's he's managing it. So I, we had an hour meeting yesterday, and I'm beginning to finally visualize what this is going to be like. It's going to be having a group of people in the classroom and then a group of people up on screens in front of us that, that we can still see. So they will, we will all be participating together and it's just gonna be an amazing thing. It's really, the, the theme of the Congress is yesterday, today and tomorrow. So we are incorporating all three of those aspects into three jam-packed days filled with laughter, light and therapeutic touch education and fun. Beautiful. I think I think we need it. I think people need it, right? Like right. Mo, like my observation in the last couple of years are people people want to get back out, right? They want to connect, and everybody's kind of got cabin fever and and shell shock, and oh, let's do it different, right? Yeah. 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 But but Loretta, um, when I was listening to your um, your beginning about astrology and what's going on right now, I I couldn't. I, I was amazed by how many things fit, right? I mean, this is this is what yeah. we're doing. Your healing work with Reiki, our healing work with therapeutic touch. What what those do, it does help other people, but it definitely shows us how connected we are. Mm -hmm. And it shows us the the importance of compassion. It shows us that we have to work together to go forward to not only heal one another, but to heal the planet. So um, the work that we're doing, uh, no matter which path it is, no matter how you get on it, 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 it truly makes a difference. And I think that it's the thing that's going to, you know, bring, bring peace to the planet as well. Yeah. Can I add to that? Um, one of the yeah. things that I noticed was uh, when I was teaching in Africa, people had no trouble getting centered. And that would be to just sort of get themselves to a place where they're connected to their higher power. And um, that was because they've gone through so much and, and you have to learn how to do that. And now we're finding when we're teaching therapeutic touch everywhere, it doesn't take long to teach people to center because we're learning that we have to be able to do that in order to move through the day, in order to live in this world that is highly um, changeable. It's shifting all the time. So we have to be able to find our center in that shifted place. So it's, it's interesting to sort of see the parallels between what's been going on. Yeah. I yeah. think also as teachers, all three of us have found that teaching on Zoom, we're, we're attracting younger people. Yeah. And they're also more open to ignoring the physical, the physicality of the person because they're not distracted by it on Zoom, and they're instantly connecting with all those levels of the person, all the levels of the, the, the field. Um, so their understanding of themselves as therapeutic touch practitioners has become deeper much more quickly than for those of us who learned on human beings <laughs> and were distracted by all the people in the room often. Yeah. Yeah, I, I share? yeah, 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 go ahead. Okay, um, I just wanted to share the words of um, one of the people who learned on Zoom, and it just it's so moving, but um, this is a quote. Therapeutic touch sensitized me to the energy of my wife. She died about a year and a half ago, and people sensed her when they were doing therapeutic touch with me. And through learning therapeutic touch, 
I became sensitized to the energy of my wife. I know when she is with me, and so do others. I am so thankful to Therapeutic Touch for creating this sensitivity in me. Zoom opened up my ability to communicate with my wife. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'd like to follow with a, with a quote from Dora. Her book, um, it's called The Personal Aura. <clears throat> it's a book that she, um, she did where she had an artist um, actually depict what she would see in the field. And um, there's a section in the book um, on dimensions of consciousness. And it ties into what Peggy said and why, why we are, why when we get on this journey, we stay on it. She says, although we may be unaware of the different states of consciousness and energy within us, we make use of them as easily as the air we breathe, for they are part of the natural world. But what makes it possible, excuse me, but what makes it possible for us to draw upon these energies without being conscious of them? What is the principle of integration which coordinates and unifies all the physical, vital, emotional, and mental dimensions within us? I believe that this integrating factor is what I like to call the timeless self, a principle of being which provides continuity during life and persists after death. This is a concept which occurs mainly in Hinduism, although it is akin to the soul as described in Christianity. However, it is defined from my point of view, and my point of view is something Dora always said because it was really her point of view that she was talking about from my point of view that self is a reflection of the ultimate aspect of being it is rooted in a timeless spiritual reality which transcends and embraces all the dimensions of consciousness and that's like a nutshell right we get on this path and we connect with what Dora called her inner self, our inner self. And, and it's a journey that there is no limit. There's no, there's no place that you know everything. Every single time, it's, it's, you're just pushing yourself forward. And then when you think you know something, it's like you, you go back and it's like, oh my God, I don't know anything at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a forever journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, um, I, I'm always talking off and on, on, on my show about the uh, connectedness of all of us, right? And there's lots of language around it. People use things like quantum field, the family system, constellation, you know, the connectedness, whatever it is. But I, I think that, you know, what I'm really getting from uh, the three of you and also from the listening audience, you know, we are all here right now. We are here. And through that, through that, we are connected to each other. And I really, I said it before, but I really believe it as we move forward, that connectedness is becoming more important. So um, I'm just gonna encourage people listening. If you're being drawn toward um, therapeutic touch and what these uh, beautiful women are sharing with you, um, check it out. Um, what, what are the, what would you like to share each of you about the the phases of TT, what it's like when you're offering TT, or anything that you want to share. 
Well, I guess I'll talk. Um, this is Sue. Uh, the phases of TT, again, the reason we, we have these shirts that say shift happens is that when uh, Dee called all of us to Montana in 2010, um, she wanted to develop a theory of healing based on practice. So she wanted to go at research from the other angle instead of creating a theory and then figuring out by practice whether it worked. We had 40 years of practice and she wanted to know if we could develop a theory of healing that would relate not just to therapeutic touch, but to all modalities, which it does. Since we've shared it with lots of other people who practice other modalities and they all agree it does. But when we started doing this, um, what we looked at was what we were doing as a practitioner in each phase of therapeutic touch. And we discovered as we dialogued and shared our experiences and our thoughts and our um, amazing understanding of ourselves, we discovered that our consciousness was shifting multiple times during each phase of therapeutic touch. So there are five phases. We center, we assess, we rebalance, um, we end, and then we re reassess and rest. Uh, but in each of those phases, there is so much going on within each one of us and within our healing partners. So those are the phases of therapeutic touch, and that's what we teach. But we also teach people more and more now how to recognize what's going on within themselves as they approach their healing partner. When does that actually happen? When does that begin? Is it when you hear, oh, I'm going to be sent into a breakout room with Peggy? Ah, I'm connecting with her now energetically, just be having heard her name. So those kinds of things, my consciousness has shifted. When I'm assessing, I'm in a questioning, curious state of consciousness. When I'm treating or rebalancing, I'm in a very intentional, compassionate, loving phase where my consciousness is both heart-centered and outer-centered because it's my heart connecting with my healing partner's heart. So each of the phases brings us closer to a connection, a relationship, because therapeutic touch is all about right relationship. And that relationship that each of us has with our healing partner is crucial and amazing, absolutely amazing. So what it's like when offering TT is just, as Cordy said, we receive TT when we give TT. We open ourselves up for universal energy as you do in Reiki. And so we are also, as moving that universal energy through us, we're receiving a clearing. So it benefits us at the same time. It's one of the best experiences you can have. And offering TT doesn't have to be actually doing a session. It can just be sitting with someone. It can be listening to someone. It can be, and of course, now we know it can be connecting over thousands and thousands of miles, whether you see the person or not. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. Um, I forgot to say who I was. I hope people recognized I'm Peggy Frank from, from Victoria. And I, um, I just want to reiterate what others have said, that it really is that beautiful ability to delve deeper into ourselves and find that, find that jewel that is in our hearts, find that place that is beautiful and help it to grow and expand. And continually, as we offer 
teachings or we offer therapeutic touch that can, that expands. And when we receive a treatment, it really is um, consolidated. It really is everything gets put into a smaller container and we can really feel it a lot more intensely. We can be so aware of the beautiful work that's going on in our healing partner's body. We can recognize the work that they're doing by being connected in that way. And I, um, I shared, we've been sharing stories for the anniversary, the 50th anniversary. And the sh story that I shared, I'll just briefly share here. One of the best treatments that I gave to someone was to not give a treatment. And it was a call from someone in emergency. And this man wanted a therapeutic touch treatment. And at the time there was something going on in my personal life and I didn't want to rush over to the hospital. So I said, I'll be there in about half an hour. And I went over in half an hour little more and found out that while I was away, the man had had a session with his daughter, a session with his son, a session with his wife, and then he had died peacefully. And if I'd been there, I would have gotten in the way. So sometimes just knowing to connect with ourselves and be authentic in who we are, find that inner core that is in all of us, that's an incredibly powerful, good place to be. And everything that happens to us in life is to help us be stronger and more in that place of well-being. Beautifully Peggy said. has shared her story with us briefly. If your listeners and you would like to go to our website at www.therapeutictouch.org, click on the purple button on the homepage that says 50th Birthday Bash. And there are links there to a sample ebook story. And we have a group of us have made videos of our stories of our how we came to Therapeutic Touch, or um, how we've had an amazing experience with Therapeutic Touch, those kinds of things. So we have a lot of videos up on our YouTube channel, which is Therapeutic Touch International Association, but you can also get to them through the link on the 50th Birthday Bash page. Beautiful. So we're down to final comments. We've got a minute left. Um, it was wonderful to have you all here. Any final short little beautiful things you'd like to say. I, I think that the one thing I want to share is that <clears throat> when I'm doing therapeutic touch, my intention is for the person's highest good. And that the thing that is quite wonderful is what happens when we don't know that it might happen. For example, working with somebody, I knew she had cancer and I was doing therapeutic touch focused on her wholeness focused on her well-being and she called two days later and um, part of the tumor had uh, lessened in size so that she had a re relief of some edema. It's like you don't focus on, I mean, you don't even have to know that specific thing, but miraculous things happen when we connect in this way. Right. It's just quite, quite marvelous. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, and to everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is Loretta Brown. You can find these archives at the original Loretta Brown Show. And Peggy Frank, Cordy Anderson, and Sue Conlon, thank you so much for being here to talk about Therapeutic Touch. And everybody out there, love on yourself. Just hold your hearts. And uh, have a great, great week. <laughs>